Hey, 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 listeners. Welcome to the Canadian Side Hustle and Business Podcast. I'm your host, Irina Roussel. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Get comfortable. This week's episode, I'm having an amazing conversation with the founder of Cardia, Mr. Kristen Hiscock. And he is on a mission to shift the conversation in the business world, moving it away from the pursuit of success to focusing on fulfillment. In our conversation, we talk about some of the audacious moves he's making in his company, really focus around his employees' happiness. Some examples he spoke about is vacation time and some of the key ingredients it takes to build a heart-centered business. We also touched a bit on some of the great mentors who changed his life, including his mother, who gave him the passion to invigorate others to see their worth to reach their individual greatness. As well, we talk about his epic mentor who recognized his leadership potential, who gave him a shot, and that, listeners, changed the trajectory of his life to become the man that is today. Listeners, before we start, I would like to invite you to tap an entrepreneur in your neck of the woods who you think would like to share their epic entrepreneurial journey and invite them to sending their pitch to the Canadian Side Hustle and Business Podcast. I'm open for guest pitches until May 31st. This is a Canadian-made podcast just for you to get your inspiration to kickstart or scale your entrepreneurial journey. Now, let's get into this episode. Hello, hello. It's great to be here. It's great to have you here. My listeners, Christian is the CEO and co-founder of Cardia Financial. He is a serial entrepreneur and he owns several different companies, but I won't be explaining that to you because he's going to tell you his backstory to let you know how he became the man that he is today. Awesome. No, I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. So give us a little bit about your backstory. Wonderful. Well, I think I've been an entrepreneur since I was a young man, probably started my first business when I was 14 years old. Um, and all the way through, I kind of started a little vending machine business when I was younger. Um, and then kind of all the way through school, I always just like always had this idea of like building something bigger and working for myself. And so when I was, um, just graduating grade 12, um, of high school, I got offered to coach a basketball team. And so I started coaching. Um, and that year that school came and they won the mid islands, which is the first time that school had won a championship since its existence. Um, and this is the basketball right here, actually from that championship game and the team that I had, 
Um, and so it really sparked this excitement of coaching and working with people and encouraging um, people to really live their goals and accomplish things that they couldn't believe was possible, right? These kids that we coached, yeah. they, they had always thought, oh, we never, we never win. So, and I was like, well, we're going to be champions now, right? And it, and it happened. And for years after that, I was working as the athletic coordinator um, at a young age. Um, but then I got into finance. I got asked by somebody that I knew from my past at that point saying, hey, I know what you're doing and you love what you're doing, but hey, I think you'd be really good in this financial industry. And so I started learning about finance, about basically personal finance, helping people kind of um, get themselves out of debt, help yes. themselves build more of a solid financial future. Mm -hmm. And I really fell in love with it because it's very tangible for people. Um, yeah. For most of you listeners, probably, I know for myself, you know, money is one of those things that we all need to learn about, we need to understand. And I find that the traditional educational systems aren't doing it. And so when I was sitting out with people at the age of 21, I was sitting out with people in their 40s and 50s, explaining some of these strategies that I was taught. And they were mind blown. They're like, I wish I learned this when I was your age or when I was younger, but I was still able to help them even at that phase of their life, create some financial independence for themselves. So it just excited me about that journey, about serving and supporting people. Um, and so I always had a heart for the finance industry. Uh, but then I also started doing business, um, getting involved with other small ventures. Um, I was involved in a business development company that would help a ton of small solo entrepreneurs start their businesses, create like online webinar funnels and things like that. And I really enjoyed that as well. The diversity of so many people with all these great ideas and helping them kind of bring it to life. Um, so through that time is where we started about four years ago, almost five years ago, I guess that's now a company called Cardia. Um, we primarily started just in financial services. We had a mortgage brokerage, financial advising. Um, we started getting into some real estate, uh, which now we're really heavy in real estate. But we kind of over the years, what I noticed, it was awesome helping people with the financial aspects of their lives and their, yes. and their whole past. Mm -hmm. But I also started realizing that the way that we were doing business was something different. Um, cardia is actually the Greek word for heart. And so everything that we wanted to do was this heart-centered approach, um, how we served our internal team members, how we served our clients. And I thought, you know, this is something that's needed in the business community at large. And so we started buying other companies. We own a small chocolate shop where we live. Uh, we started focusing more on eco-developments in the real estate space with my business partner, Carolyn Gallardo. And we started doing things not about what type of business it is, it was more about how we run business. And we, we now call it the, the heart-centered approach to building companies. And so I kind of have a long journey from just serving and supporting people. What I realized is that in all that I do, I just love seeing people have this ability, hey, I can actually accomplish something. I can actually do something and I can do it in a, regardless of what kind of business I'm in or work I'm doing, I can still find what I call fulfillment in that. So that kind of what motivates me and brings me to where I am now. Let's segue into talking about building businesses and building heart-centered businesses, because that's a passion of yours, you know, in terms of living with heart and living with purpose. What does that look like? I love it. So I think first, as I take a step back when it comes to building business or heart-centered business, I also look at it as like most people, either whether they're running their own business or they're working for a business at some point, work is part of your life, right? And so I think at the end of it, you're spending maybe a third of your life working, you're spending a, a good chunk of your days working at a job. And I don't believe that 
it's about chasing our passion in our work or our job, right? Like it's like, I look at like a sports, someone that loves sports, doesn't mean they should be a sports announcer to be happy with their life. That's that person that loves sports may have a job that's in the factory, you know, making a widget. But at the end of the day, that job gives them the ability to go to games on the weekends. It gives them the abilities to take a vacation that they can go watch like five sports games somewhere. And so they can look at their job and say, hey, I actually really create fulfillment in my work because it allows me to do the things I'm passionate about, like spending time doing sports or spending time with my family or whatever the people's skill sets are. So I always like to say that to start off because then when we're starting to build a business, what is the core of a heart-centered business is how we are making people feel when they're with us or they're around us. P business and work should be about the human that's in it. And so I think what that, when I look at it from how our businesses look, it's like, okay, well, how do we treating our team members? So for us, we do, we have events that we do mindset events. We give them opportunities. We make sure that people go on vacation, right? I, I don't know how many times in interviews we've heard, oh, you know what? I've never taken a sick day. I, I work all the time. I'm good. And I look at them and I'm like, those aren't characteristics that you are going to need to have here because we want you to take that time. We want you to have vacation with your family. We don't need you to just work 24 seven. And so part of being a heart-centered company is how we treat the people that are in it. And so those are the things where one is a simple example for you is don't look at how you can get cheap labor. Look at how you can pay living wages in your company and have those people work and love their job enough that your business makes more money so that you can afford it, right? I think that those are some of those ideas that we look at when it comes to building a heart-centered business. I also look at a heart-centered business as how it, you know, it's consumption. What is it giving up? Right. Like I think in this world, when it looks at a lot of issues that are happening out there where we have these big debates about climate change, for example, well, if your company is able to buy, you know, for a packaged goods, if you're selling a package, why look at biodegradable packaging, look at looking at the plastics consumption that you're using. Can you reduce that? And can then you market it? You can say that to be able to maybe charge a little bit more for your products so that people can know that, hey, you're giving back to you know, society by working with and treating your people well, but you're also treating the environment well. So there's a, some of the pieces about a heart-centered business that's really looking at there's people in it to so make sure those people feel fulfilled in what they're doing. And then there's also the environment that we also are responsible for. So make sure we're taking advantage of that and cutting the things out when we can. Wow, that is so fascinating. You know, people and environment, you know, I'm zooming in on that because it, it's so fantastic that you say that, right? It's about you know, how you make the employees feel, because as yes. you know, human capital is the most valuable asset in any organization, which can help to increase the bottom line in the long term, because we know business is a long game, really. And I really like the fact that you mentioned about, you know, in terms of the types of packaging that's being used, because there is, you know, that trend towards using environmentally sustainable um, packaging. And um, I, I, I love the tidbits, you know, where you, where you say, you, you know, you can definitely charge a bit more for that. And as well, um, you know, and the talk about it, yes. too. I think people yes. feel... Sometimes they feel like an entrepreneurship that we can't talk about the things that we're doing good because people are thinking, oh, that's that you're only talking, you're only doing it because you're, you want to look good. 
whatever, right? Like stop listening to the people around you that are saying this negative stuff. I think you should do it because you, you realize it's good. And I think you should talk about it and be proud of the things that you're doing in your business. It's hard enough being an entrepreneur and being a start, especially a small business or a startup business. Like the people are going to say stuff are not the people that own businesses and are putting their, their livelihoods on the line to provide a service or provide employment for other people. So I think it's be okay that it's not bragging, not you being proud, like just step into that power that, hey, if you are taking, using, you know, sustainable materials, or you are giving good benefits to your staff and you have good vacation policies or uh, maternity leave policies, like talk about those things. It's okay to share what you're doing out there because it encourages other people to do the same, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's one of the things that I always talk to people like, if I ever get asked in an interview or think about like, you know, vacations or, you know, burnout or people working, all those things are related to how you treat people, right? I don't, I don't, if someone wants a vacation in our company at any point, any time, I always say yes. And because I realize it's like, I treat my people and expect that, hey, this is your role. This is the work that you have to do. And I, I put faith that they're going to do that work. And I think I spend more time about how do I get more productivity out of my people than I do. The question is, how do you treat your people better? And they're going to be more productivity by nature. Humans want to do good. They want to do well. And you put them in an environment that you talk to them and you share with them and you ask about their well-being. Guess what? They're going to work so hard for you because you actually care about them feeling good and being fulfilled and doing these things. I love that, you know, we segued into the productivity piece, right? The productivity of people. You have happy workers and you definitely have that increase in productivity because sometimes, you know, working, say, five or six hours straight may not be as productive as doing some deep focus work for three hours, right? Totally, yeah. I, I just actually wrote an article recently that was published and it was talking about burnout, Mm-hmm. And I was talking about entrepreneurs and like trying to, you know, how do I become more productive? How do I become more successful? All these things. And my first thing is I said, stop working so much, right? <laughs> like if you actually want to build a very successful organization when it comes to your time and your financial stability, take that time, that downtime to give your body rest, give your mind rest go on vacation. There is no excuse, in my opinion, with any company that they say, I'm just sacrificing for the next five years. You know what those people will do? They'll sacrifice their entire life because the reality is you create these habits in our world. If you continue to always work 14 hour days, that's what you'll constantly be doing. And so think about it as in, if I take that day off, I take that weekend off, if I spend that time with my family or my friends, I'm recharging my creativity, my innovative abilities. And when I get back to work on that next hour, that next day, trust me, you're going to get so much more work done. Right. And I think that's something super important for you guys to think about is like for, you know, I, over my life, I look at something that I can accomplish in six hours. It may take people three days to do something that I can do in six hours because I've just, I've trained my brain to be able to execute in those six hours right? That mm-hmm. I'm working, if I'm doing focused work, as you mentioned. So I think I always say that take time, take vacations, force your employees to take vacations and take time away, like rest our minds so that we can accomplish the big goals. And I'm a massive visionary. I have major things I want to accomplish. And I've learned over the years that to accomplish those things, I need to slow down at times. All right. You gotta go, go you gotta go slow to go fast in life. Yes. You know? Yeah. Love this section. 
right? Like take a day. I had one time I, uh, one of my team members, uh, my CFO, we work really closely together actually because she's in the office right next to me. Um, and obviously money is a big part of your business and your work and, and developing our companies. We have about 16 companies right now underneath our banner, right? So she's very busy. And I remember I was talking her on the phone one day and she just, it was midday and she just sounded tired, right? She was like, she had a bunch of other things in her mind and her personal life that she needed to go through. And, you know, most of the, most you would think in the traditional world, it'd be like, okay, well, focus up, make, you know, this matters. Well, guess what I said to her? Hey, take the rest of the day off. I know we're in the midst of like year ends and we have so much work we need to get done. I'm like, but you need to go take the day off, take the rest of it off, go home, relax, watch a show, drink some tea, whatever you're going to do, but just no more work. Right. And she's like, what? Are you sure? Like, I'm like, yes. So she took the rest of the day off. She gets into work the next day. Guess what? She's on fire, right? She's motivated. She's crushing. She's getting things done. If she slugged it through that day, I can yeah. almost guarantee you the next day she's going to be tired too. And then the next day, and it becomes a cycle that people burn out because they don't give themselves rest. So that was just an example. I want to share a tangible example that was really powerful. All right. Awesome. Thanks for that. <laughs> in your life, I'm sure you've had people who've been pivotal in your journey, who've impacted you to become the person that you are today. You know, who is that person that you can think that really changed the trajectory of your journey? Yeah, well, I'll give, I'll give two uh, people. I think I would go with I couldn't have this conversation without describing probably the most impactful woman that was in my life was my mom. Um, I was raised by a single mom for the majority of my life. Yes. Um, and she was an incredible woman. I unfortunately lost her almost 10 years ago um, to cancer. Um, and I remember sitting in my mom's funeral and I, she was, all these people would go on stage, we had open mic, and they would tell how much they impacted her life, yes. how their lives, yes. right? There's, she would say, it's like, every time I was in a conversation with her, it's like, I just thought I was the only person in the world. And it was really exciting for me because what I realized in those moments is that we, you know, her kids were not the only ones that felt that way. My mom made me believe that I can accomplish anything I wanted, right? I grew up with like a lot of learning disabilities when I was younger and I didn't do good in school because of that, right? I had, you know, bad grades, essentially would get kicked out of class because of just, I was rebelling against the system essentially. Um, and I remember always, no matter what happened, no matter grades I got, my mom would always say, Hey, you're doing great. You can accomplish anything. I believe in you. And I, it just was instilled in us as kids. And I think I just love that. I think so for one you know, when I lost my mom, it was a, obviously a big hit to me. But when I got to see her and the importance uh, that she's played in the lives of so many people, I just it got me excited about a lot of the stuff I do in my journey now. It's about I really want to inspire people to see their worth. Right. Because I believe if people ha understand their worth, they can go on there and live a fulfilled life. And I think that that deepness of why I know that I will never not want to be doing that was because of my mom. And so I think that was something that's super important. I actually have a tattoo on my arm and it says, you mean more than you know. Um, and right. it's written in my mom's handwriting um, because I think all of us need to realize that you mean more than you know. I don't think my mom knew how important she was to people, right? I knew she was a great woman. I don't think she had like issues believing that she would give value to people, but yeah. I don't think to the extent she knew how important she was to so many people and how life-changing she was. So I'm on a personal mission to go out there and do that, inspire people to see their worth because I that, wish my mom could have seen her worth when she was alive. That's um, awesome. You know, moms are fantastic, you know, oh, that's yeah. it. that is awesome. 
Moms are powerful. I love it. So I yeah. very much love my mom and I, I contribute a lot of my passion and excitement for the future and to serve people to her. Um, mm -hmm. The second person would be someone, to, as I mentioned, I was a little troublemaker in school. Um, so I always get kicked out of school, you know, grade <laughs> seven, I was kicked out probably every week, yeah. grade eight, maybe every two weeks. It kind of got a little bit less as I got older, but I was a troublemaker. Mm -hmm. And all the teachers would always like, you know, a lot of the teachers were like thinking I was useless. I was going to be a failure, right? That just expectation of being kicked out all the time. But when I was in grade 12, I moved cities. I moved from a small town. I lived in Canberra River on Vancouver Island. I moved to a couch and valley about three hours away, two and a half hours, three hours away. And I started, I was just grade 12. So I went to school here, but I had this great opportunity to coach basketball at a local, local school. Like I mentioned earlier, this is the team in the school It's called Queen of Angels. And I started coaching basketball and these kids, this didn't really feel like they could be champions. They were always like talking bad about themselves. They were called, the school was called Queen of Angels and they're a bunch of boys, younger grade <laughs> eight, nine. So you no, know, they, they got made fun of a little bit when they walked in and yeah. I was just like, Hey, we're champions guys. We're champions. And so I got, I was coaching basketball that year. We won the mid islands. This is the championship ball. It was amazing. These kids' confidence and self-esteem just skyrocketed. The whole school's culture was able to change because of that. Um, and I got hired that year by the, that, at the end of that basketball season by the principal. His name is Mr. Gerald Fogel. Um, and he looked at me and said, this kid is, I was just 17 years old. So he's like, this kid's like a leader. I'm going to give him a job in my school at 18 years old because I just turned 18 that summer before the next year as an athletic coordinator at our school. And after the fact, I found out he got so much trouble from the superintendent because he's like, you can't hire a kid for this role. You're supposed to be a teacher, all this stuff. But what Mr. Gerald Fogel saw in me was, hey, this kid has leadership abilities. He can inspire these kids. He can help us, help me accomplish the goal of making these kids want to be here and actually feel like they can learn and they can grow. And so why I think he would be such a massive mentor that I've now, I still know to this day, and this was, you know, well over a decade ago that I was in that, in that world. I still talk with them every time I come to the island and go and visit with them. You know, lots of conversations about that. And I've learned a lot from him because what he did is he saw people's abilities and he saw their greatness and he, none of the other stuff mattered. It didn't matter that I was a kid that used to get kicked out of school all the time and that I wasn't a good academic. He saw the leadership in me and gave me a shot. And that changed my entire trajectory of my life. Right. Like I was opportunity. I was working in the school. I was a private. I was, I was taking kids to trips all over the place. I was coaching. I was engaging. And it was a big learning curve for me. And so I learned I owe a lot of respect and appreciation to that man. And so that would be the two that I would describe. Absolutely fantastic. This is a goosebump moment, listeners. You know, it always takes someone, just one person, to see one's ability right? Mm -hmm. One's potential and oh, yeah. just that big boost that they give oh, the energy, the vibe to really propel you in life. So that's awesome. Listeners, let's break down the vibes right here. So what do you think about the concept of a heart-centered business? Is this something you would consider? A big takeaway from this episode, Christian alluded that at the core of a heart-centered business, it is all about how the team is made to feel and the daily interactions with each other. What's also interesting is that he touched on the sustainability piece of the business 
and the importance of incorporating environmentally friendly policies. Sustainability and incorporating environmental practices in businesses is a new hot topic that I will be taking a deeper dive into in subsequent episodes, specifically on why this is important in current global market conditions and how this can be incorporated in the value proposition of a company. So stay tuned. What golden nuggets did Kristen share that surprised you? For me, I say wowzer. The mentor piece he shared was so vulnerable. I like how he highlighted his mom's impact on his life and how she believed in his abilities. Also, the epic mentor, his school principal, who gave him a chance with a job at the right time in his life. Listeners, it only takes one person to see your leadership potential. Do you have a similar mentor experience? I would love to hear your story. I would love to get your feedback to incorporate it in subsequent episodes. Feel free to send me a message via the website www.ireneabrussel.org. I know you want to hear more about Christian's story. So right now, I'm actually stopping here. Yes, yes. You got to come back next week to get the details. We will be talking about his epic moves, the Global Impact Project, which revolves around the idea of wholeness. Stay tuned to this dial. You are listening to the Canadian Side Hustle and Business Podcast, a Canadian-made podcast just for you. Until next time, listeners, I would love to hear what topics you want to hear more of on the podcast. Listeners, Take one moment to share this episode with a friend who you think needs to hear this. Sometimes we need that inspiration, that boost. You know that person. Now, another call to action I have for you is if you love this episode and you love this podcast, definitely hit the follow button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your audio platform of choice. That way, you don't miss an episode when it drops. Be sure to rate and review this episode on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't know how to do that, you can head over to my website and you will get some instructions there under the Canadian Side Hustle and Business Podcast tab. Now, I gotta go. I really gotta go. That's it, listeners. I hope you find your new vibe in 2022. I'm your host, Irene Roussel, an island lady at heart. Thank you for your support.